You're listening to The Fit Habit, where we explore how to stay well and fit well after 40. My name is Karen McGill. I'm the host of the show. Let's get to it. Hey everyone, happy Sunday. Today is Sunday, August 8th, and uh, it's a warm one here in Austin. I just finished my walk, and I am so excited to uh, share today's podcast with you. Last week, I talked a lot about my ADHD diagnosis, and today I'm going to talk about how ADHD can present in women differently uh, than how it's presented in young boys uh, and how women are finding out that they have this. And the reason I think that this is uh, an interesting topic for us right now is that um, I'm hearing from a lot of people in my social circles, what I'm seeing online. I'm also seeing a lot of um, coaches and uh, people in the mental wellness space moving uh, their content and focus around focus and distraction. Because I think universally we're feeling this way. So, you know, if this sounds at all like you, the fact that, you know, you are struggling to get things done, maybe you're struggling to get things started, maybe you're struggling to transition between projects and you're struggling to focus and pay attention on conversations, um, you're constantly feeling distracted and overwhelmed, I think a lot of us are feeling that way right now, and um, there's a bigger and more um, important emphasis around helping people through this. And some of it can be ADHD, um, but some of it could just be the shock and trauma of what we've gone through over the past 16 months. And I heard an interesting podcast, um, somebody was interviewing uh, Dr. Amen, and they were t- Dr. Amen. Dr. Amen is a, a psych- psychiatrist um, and a brain specialist who deals with ADHD and other um, neurological disorders. Um, and he does. He's very famous for his brain scans uh, and a lot of the work that he does around brain health. One thing that he had mentioned that a lot of people are suffering from right now is PTSD. And when you think about the <laughs> the last 16 months and you know the pandemic, and if you're here in the United States, um, the election and the insurrection earlier this year, and um, the fires, snowstorms, uh, people getting COVID, businesses shutting down, businesses reopening, not having enough work, having too much, um, having too much work. Uh, People are, not to mention, you know, people losing other people and and losing connections because of COVID. There is an unprecedented time in our lives where we're all dealing with an enormous amount of stress that we are not necessarily equipped to deal with uh, as human beings. And it's natural to have PTSD. And as a result of that PTSD, you might be feeling depressed or anxious, or just overwhelmed, and stressed out, and burned out, and all of these things can manifest in destruction. Uh, and and that, that, I think, is a completely reasonable way to feel at this point, and that is exactly how I felt, and the reason why I sought help. And if you are feeling distracted, I, I'm going to take this one second just to encourage you, whatever that looks like for you, to seek help, um, especially if you can access a health professional, um, whether it's counseling, medication, uh, or some sort of mixture therein, it's so worth it. And I will say this as somebody who has become extremely good at taking care of their physical and uh, emotional health throughout their entire life, who has like a, a, a professional toolbox of ways to take care of yourself. And even though I practice everything, or most of what I preach, I won't say everything, 
even my coping skills were not enough to deal with, uh, you know, the magnitude of the past 16 months to the point where I needed to get help. And I always used to think, and I, I hate to admit this, but I have been humbled. I used to think, you know, if people just took better care of themselves, maybe, um, you know, there wouldn't be as much instance of mental illness or people needing um, antidepressants or anti-anxiety medications or, uh, you know, seeking help in varieties of different ways. Maybe, you know, if they just did more yoga. Uh, and that was a very naive thought. And I am embarrassed that I used to think that way. I don't think that way anymore uh, because I can now see that, um you know, sometimes circumstances can overwhelm us. And I think depending on what our resources are, I mean, like our emotional resources, and I have a lot of resources, uh, both physically, emotionally, um, materially, uh, and I was not able to cope. So I got help and I feel a lot better. So I encourage uh, anyone to do the same and not to feel shame around it because it's not that you don't take care of yourself. None of us were prepared to deal with the past um, 16 months. So that's my PSA for today. And, but what I want to talk about is specifically um, ADHD, which may or may not be what you're facing. Um, but after you hear some of the symptoms of how it presents in women, especially with the um, inattentive ADHD versus uh, hyperactivity. And I'll just break that down uh, very quickly on the off chance that you didn't hear last week's episode. So ADHD stands for Attention Deficit Hyperactivity Disorder. So attention deficit is one type of ADHD where you are inattentive. Um, the other type is hyperactive. That's why it's called ADHD. Um, and Or you can be a combination type, which is what I was diagnosed, diagnosed with. And um, how that appears in women uh, is often very different from um, men or boys. So young boys in school that are, you know, extremely hyperactive are hard not to notice. And very often they are diagnosed because you can't not see it and they get Ritalin or whatever it is that they're given. And, um, you know, there's some debate as to whether or not that's uh, overdiagnosed. And I don't really have an opinion on that. But what you don't necessarily see in schools, or you may see more now, but not when I was going to school back in the 70s and 80s, is uh, the inattentive ADHD, which is uh, more around forgetfulness and spaciness and, um, you know, looking out the window and daydreaming and living more in your own head as opposed to, um, you know, paying attention to whatever's happening in the moment and not being able to grasp and or comprehend some of the material that you're learning and not because you're not trying, uh, but because it really just isn't registering in your brain. So I'll break that down a little bit more. But um, one of the things I will say, uh, if you go, um, if what I share with you today, the symptoms of um, ADHD, how it presents in women, if it sounds familiar and you decide you want to go get it checked out, one of the things that any mental health professional is going to ask you is whether or not these symptoms that you're feeling today were also present um, before the age of 12. So ADHD is considered something that you had your entire life. It's not something that you you um, get as an adult uh, unless you have some sort of a brain injury. A girlfriend of mine just talked about um how she was diagnosed with adult ADHD or adult ADD based on a brain injury, which I thought was fascinating. I don't know much about that, but most health professionals will say that this had to present before the age of 12. So you probably struggled in school some way. Um, and then you may or may not have found ways to cope throughout your adult life. Um, and then maybe now in your 40s or 50s, or based on everything that's happened in the last 16 months, you find yourself not being able to cope anymore. So um, maybe that is a, a ADHD, and if it's hyperactivity, it's probably 
pretty self-evident. Like you were somebody who as a kid was running around a lot and just, you know, couldn't stand still. Um, and maybe that presents a little bit differently as an adult, like your mind is racing a lot or, you know, you, your leg shakes a lot or you pick at your skin a lot. Um, those are different, uh, expressions of hyperactivity as an adult, or you talk too much and you interrupt people and you just, you got a bit of a motor mouth, which I actually don't have. I don't, I don't talk over, I, I don't think I over talk. So maybe sometimes I even under talk, uh, which is curious why I have a podcast. <laughs> but anyways, what I really want to focus on today is the inattentive piece, because that's the one that's overlooked a lot more, um, and how it might present, uh, you know, as an adult. So as I mentioned in childhood, that would probably present itself as not capturing um, certain topics that don't interest you or being very daydreamy or forgetful as a kid. But, you know, the interesting thing is that might show up different ways as an adult and as an adult woman. So, excuse me, just had to take a drink of water. Let's talk about this. So, um, these are symptoms based on uh, an article in Attitude Magazine. And Attitude Magazine is one of the Periodicals that are focused is obviously focused on um, attitude is spelled a capital A D D then tude uh, and it's the periodical focused on uh, adult and child ADHD so it's a really good resource um, and they do a lot of have a lot of information from medical professionals and coaches and people uh, who focus on this. Uh, I hate calling it a disorder. I've got to come up with a word for it, but they focus on ADHD and they're experts. So there are also some tests that you can take on Attitude Magazine. Uh, They're not obviously not formal diagnosis, but a good indication that, um, you you know, if if you're curious about taking your um, potential case of ADHD one step further, you might want to start with some online tests to just see how things show up. So I'm going to list through some of these symptoms. And again, it's adapted from the magazine, but I've added a bit of my own to it as well. So ask yourself, do you feel overwhelmed in stores or at the office, in loud restaurants or at parties? Is it impossible for you to shut out sounds and distractions that don't seem to bother others? And a great example of that is if you're at a restaurant talking to somebody that, you know, you're sitting at a table with, but there's a loud talker at the table or three tables next door, um, and your brain just keeps focusing on the loud talker and how annoying that is, that's, um, that's very true for me, uh, then that could be an indication that, you know, you're struggling to keep your focus on whatever is most important in the moment, which is the person you're sitting at the table with. Is time, money, paper, and or stuff dominating your life and hampering your ability to achieve your goals? I see in a lot of the ADHD groups that I'm in, you know, there's a lot of people that struggle with just an abundance of stuff. And I think there's a lot going on there, but um, it seems to be that uh, there could be some correlation between, you know, that lack of disorganization because people with ADHD have low executive function, which is that organization part of your brain that translates into um, not being able to manage your stuff very well or your time. Do you experience an energetic depletion in the middle of the day to the point where um, more problems might push you over the edge? And I think, you know, that could be any number of things, but um, I did find that this was true of me as well, where you're just spending so much of your energetic, like your your psychic energy, your emotional and and intellectual energy getting through the day that you kind of just have this drop midday where it's like, I have nothing left to give because, you know, getting to 4 p.m. was hard enough. Uh, do you experience, oh, I already read that one. Um, are you spending most of your time coping, looking for things, catching up or covering up? Do you avoid people because of this? 
It's funny, I was listening to a podcast about this, uh, something very similar today, where you're always kind of just getting ready for the main event of life, whatever the heck the main event is. And there is not, not, not necessarily a main event of life. It's just that you always feel like you're in the process of getting ready, whether it's, you know, trying to organize your things or you're trying to meal prep or you're trying to get ready for the week ahead so that you can just work. And then at the end of the work week, be exhausted. And then you spend the weekend trying to get ready for the next week. Um, that has been something that I've struggled with. Um, have you stopped having people over at the house because you're ashamed of the mess? Do you avoid hosting dinners at your house because uh, the thought completely overwhelms you? That's part that I added. Uh, I don't necessarily have like an issue with a lot of mess. I've found that one of the feel, one of the things that helps me cope well in life is feeling very organized and to some degree neat. Um, but you know, I, I, I still do have a lot of overwhelm when it comes to having to prepare food for other people and host other people. I just find that to be way too much for me. Do you have trouble managing your finances? Do you feel like you're always uh, at one end of a dysregulated or deregulated activity? Oh, sorry. Do you always feel like you're at one end of a deregulated activity spectrum, either a couch potato or a tornado? Uh, do you feel that you have better ideas than other people but are unable to organize them or act on them? Do you start each day determined to get organized and end the day feeling defeated? Have you watched others of equal intelligence and education pass you by? Do you despair of ever fulfilling your potential and meeting your goals? Have you ever thought have you ever thought of um, have you ever been thought of as selfish because you forget birthdays or anniversaries? Do you look at other people and wonder how they seem to get through life so easily while you struggle? Are you called a slob or spacey? Are you passing for normal, quote unquote? Do you feel like you are an imposter? Is all of your time and energy taken up coping and staying organized and holding it together with no time for fun or relaxation? Do you often feel burned out and lack energy to do the things that you used to enjoy doing? So again, that's a um, combination of questions that were um, presented by Attitude Magazine, and I added a little spin on it myself. And again, I also don't think that if you answered yes to most of those that you are necessarily suffering from ADHD, but uh, because of uh, everything that's gone in this past year, it could be a number of things. But if you feel like that does sound familiar and that it may have sound, sounded familiar um, from the perspective of a smaller child, then it's worth uh, looking into. It's worth exploring whether or not, you know, there is any interest in getting medication for it or taking any sort of um, therapeutic route. I think even just knowing that this is something that you're dealing with can be very powerful. So um, what I will also say is if you decide to take that route of uh, getting diagnosed, I do recommend maybe starting with your GP and then having them um, recommend a course of action. They'll probably send you to a neuropsychologist or a psychiatrist. I think it's going to vary from country and place uh, and availability of healthcare. But one thing I would say is if your immediate healthcare professional who's not an ADHD specialist uh, tells you you don't have it because you couldn't have finished school or hold down the job that you have or you just don't appear to have it, don't take that as a diagnosis. And I know a lot of people um, come up against that. Um, if that doesn't satisfy you, then continue um, looking for another professional who will take the time to actually test you. And I think I walked through uh, my whole testing process in my last uh, episode. 
And then once you get that diagnosis, you're probably going to want to take some time to really digest it and understand how your life may have been different if you didn't have it or why didn't anybody, um, you know, see this earlier or how might my life have been different if I had support throughout my entire life with this. There'll be a lot of emotions, just like, you know, there's the five stages of death and dying uh, from Elizabeth Kubler-Ross, uh, her theory of how we pass through change and letting go. I think that there's a similar process to this, just understanding and absorbing all that's happened in your life and how, hey, maybe it could have been different. Maybe the bad stuff in your life could have been different. Um, And I think that it's important to let yourself have that grieving moment, but not to get stuck in it. And the one thing I would say to any person who's just newly diagnosed with ADHD is be very careful about the online groups that you join um or i I mean i I, they're helpful but take them all with a grain of salt because i think that there's a spectrum with adhd right and there's some people that are you know high functioning and then there's some people that are low functioning and we all have various different strengths so i'm not saying that one person is necessarily high functioning in all areas But perhaps some people are low functioning in some really important areas like, you know, holding down a job or maintaining some semblance of order in their home to the point where you're going to see pictures of, you know, people who are hoarding and you can't even see the carpet on their floor anymore because there's just stuff piled up everywhere. And they're struggling with some very, very big and ominous situations where they might be like strong in other areas of their life, but you're going to look at that weakness and think, oh my gosh, that's ADHD you know, that's what I'm headed towards, or that's what I need to identify with. Um, And the the point is that we all have our own strengths and our own weaknesses, or I'd say areas of struggle. And I would hate for anybody without a great deal of context on the, on the, um, the brain chemistry of somebody with ADHD to, you know, look at maybe the worst examples of it and think, this is, this is me. Uh, because that's, that's not the case. And some people are just, you know, weak in some areas of their life and has nothing to do with their, um, their brain chemistry. So, uh, that's my, my one caveat to anyone who's just newly diagnosed. Be very careful about the, um, communities that you join. And I will also say this, which has been something that I've recognized, um, as I've sought out folks with ADHD and a lot of them on social media and then, you know, some professionals as well. Some of them have a narrative where ADHD is a strength and some of them have a narrative where ADHD is a, a struggle and a weakness. I don't necessarily buy into either one of them. I think it's pretty neutral. Um, I, I don't like that narrative that ADHD is, you know, some sort of a something that you need to um, be sad about or that is the reason for everything that goes wrong in your life, I think that can be a very dangerous slippery slope because there's no way of changing this, right? Like you can't cure this. So there's no value in thinking that you've been cursed with ADHD. So I would be very cautious about anybody who just, you know, demonstrates their life, especially on social media, as being like a constant calamity of errors. And it's like, this is my ADHD. I don't think that's helpful. And I don't identify with that. And I I don't think that's helpful for kids either, to be quite honest. Um, Even though sometimes it's nice to know that you're not the only one 
who struggles, um, you don't want to get uh, too caught up in the pity party. <laughs> uh, on the other hand, um, there is that narrative of ADHD is a strength. And, and as much as I would love to believe that, and I'm, I'm working into that belief, I don't know enough about the disorder. And quite frankly, I don't know that I'm fully on board with it being a strength. But if you listen to Dr. Hollowell, he has a podcast called Distraction. He is really good at um, positioning ADHD in a positive light. He has ADHD and he's a psychiatrist. Uh, And he does position as a strength. Like, for example, you know, impulsivity, which is a character trait of um, ADHD, is uh, also a high correl- highly correlated with creativity, uh, which is great. You know, everybody loves to be creative, but um, impulsivity can also mean a lot of negative things as well. I want to end this podcast um, with an intention that I have uh, and a promise going forward. I don't know how much I'm going to talk about ADHD on this podcast that is largely about health, fitness, and wellness uh, for women in midlife. Um, Maybe I will continue to talk more about it. It's definitely going to become a part of who I am in my life and the lens of how I look through life. But uh, no matter how much I talk about it and no matter how much I embrace it, I will always look to the positive of it and I will always look to see my strengths and focus on my strengths and focus on the wellness aspect of it. Like, I I guess I'm not being very articulate about this, but instead of looking at this as a mental illness, which I don't think it is even categorized as a mental illness, maybe it is, I don't know. Um, I look at it as this is my brain and what do I need to do in my life to be well, to improve my well-being, to improve my state of mind, improve my mental wellness, improve my thought process, improve my physical aspects. And I've already started talking about that correlation between physical activity and ADHD and how one has really helped the other. And just to go back to the beginning of this podcast where I talked about, you know, the stress of the past 16 months and maybe it's ADHD that you're dealing with. Maybe it's just uh, it PTSD, no matter what it is. Physical exercise is, you know, and it doesn't have to be crazy hard uh, physical exercise because certainly uh, adrenal fatigue is something that's very real. Uh, but walking, like that's all I've done today is a big, long walk and it felt fantastic. Moving your body intentionally is really, really important. And it's, uh, it's got to be at the foundation of everything you do in life because your body budget, which you will learn um, as somebody with ADHD, is very important. And that's the, uh, the finite amount of energy that you have to expend throughout the day. You want to focus on your strengths. You want to focus on what you do well and what the highest payoff is for you, the highest ROI. Uh, and make that the priorities of your life as opposed to focusing, not focusing on, you know, what you don't do well or your weaknesses. Uh, let's kind of accommodate for those by finding support in areas where we're not strong and really take our strengths to the next level. Uh, I am currently going through a life coaching program. It has um, an ADHD focus to it. And one of the the main priorities that we've learned so far is understanding personal strengths. So uh, I would recommend, and I will put the link to what I'm about to recommend to you in the the, uh, blog post that accompanies this this, um, episode I recommend going to the via strengths dot, sorry, via strengths.org via is V I a, or just, um, Googling via strengths. And it will take you to, um, a strength, a personal strengths inventory test 
where you can um, learn what your top five to seven strengths are. And um, it's free and it's uh, psychologically proven to be one or uh, research has proven it to be one of the best psychological reflections of your personal character strengths. And um, knowing these character strengths, there's 24 in total and your top five to seven are the ones that you should really be double downing on in your life. Um, not the ones that you're less strong on unless you need to pull them into your life for some reason or another. I'll talk more about uh, the Via Strengths in the future. I think it's a powerful tool and I, rec- and I really highly recommend all of you take it just so you can know something about yourself. Know what um, you know your heart and soul is made from uh, because that's really going to help you direct your life forward no matter what you're dealing with. So I hope this episode has been helpful. Uh, it's kind of off the cuff, so I know it sounds a little bumpy, but um, I hope those, uh, that questionnaire is helpful. I also will put that in the blog post so you can go back and refer to it if you want. I'll also link to the attitude uh, uh, um, you know, uh, inventory so that you can see what they've created. Uh, and you know, start doing some Googling and start there. And if you have any questions, you can reach out to me on Instagram. Um, I have changed my handle. So it's just now my name, Karen with a C, Karen McGill. Uh, and I'll put that in the show notes as well. Um, and yeah, I'd love to chat with you about, um, your strengths and how you're going to move forward from where you are right now. So on that note, I hope you have a beautiful Sunday and a beautiful week ahead. And I'll talk to you next week. Take care. Bye. You guys, thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Fit Habit. I would love, love, love to hear from you. So please, if you enjoyed the show, leave a five-star review. Apparently that's helpful. Um, But more importantly, I would love to connect with you. So head on over to Instagram and find me at underscore The Fit Habit. That's my handle. And I would just love to get to know you a little bit better. So reach out to me there, say hi, and thanks again for listening.